Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Home Improvement, KMOX, Scott Mosby. We are live and lively. So many things ahead. Phone lines open, questions abound, answers hoping to be plentiful and occasionally those answers match the questions. Oh, I'm so proud when that happens. We have phone lines open, two hours, home improvement. Rick Edelman coming up at 1 o'clock. Lots of things happening on Camwex all day today. The temperature is changing. Oh, it's the Midwest. If you don't like the weather now, wait an hour, it will change. Well, never more true than today. Home improvement questions and answers, favorite topics, getting ready for old man winter. Oh, perhaps uh, preparing for holidays. Thanksgiving is upon us next week. I love Thanksgiving. I love the holidays. I love gathering. If you haven't noticed, I love people. So anyway, 30,000 of us are gathered here on CAMWEX today. Uh, listening, talking, explaining, advancing ourselves together in a community form, questions and answers. The topic today is home improvement. My name is Scott Mosby. Uh, I operate a licensed architecture firm here in the state of Missouri. Our real claim to fame is construction. We really perform work on a design-build method. That means combining the designers and architects and that discipline completely with the construction promise keepers. So defining, hearing, creating a solution, uh, checking that with clients to make sure that really achieves their goal and that the feelings they're trying to get out of life and their home and the security and the health and the safety and all the stuff we're going to talk about today on your questions to make sure that really comes out in the wash in the end and what we call the deliverable or the production project that's completed on time, on budget, happy client, all those things. Anyway, uh, this is our 70th year, um, perhaps now 71 because the company was founded in November of 1947 by my father, Sam Mosby. And um, about probably 40% of what you hear uh, in answers from me are from my father, Sam Mosby. He was a really sharp guy, um, and really his claim to fame is he was curious. He was curious. He loved finding out how things worked, what could make them better, and then he really reveled in making them even better than he found them, and that really happens to be kind of the mission for me personally and our company, make a positive difference in people's lives every day. Not rocket science, just home improvement. Phone lines for you. I promise you my very best. Some days that's better than others. But the phone lines to put us together, 314-436-7900-436-7900. Toll free from anywhere on the globe, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Kind of a milestone in my life after 20 years as a... Uh, CBS employee, uh, various type. Anyway, uh, Thursday, I worked for CBS. Yesterday, I worked for Entercom here in my uh, weekend role as your host on KMOX. So it's kind of exciting. So uh, the radio, you know, we love radio. We love people that love radio. 
Everybody loves to be wanted. <laughs> I am so pleased you're joining me here today. 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll free, 800-925-1120. I want to take you through a little bit of a walkabout because today is a very dramatic change in weather, and that brings the inevitable awareness that everything changes. So as the temperature gets colder, the leaves are now dropping in abundance, uh, depending upon where you are in the listening area of my voice. Your leaves may be, you know, down and the trees bare, but the wind today is a big deal. And it's reminding us that getting ready for old man winter here late November. Yeah, we're, you know, about four weeks, five weeks away from the first day of winter. Uh, So as you walk around your home, what I advocate is every weekend, you know, every couple of weeks, whatever, sometimes even when you just drive into your driveway coming home, Look at your house. Just have a, what I call the walkabout. Look at your roof. Look at the gutters. Is there debris on the roof? Is there debris caught in the gutters? Is, are there any things growing out of the gutters? Take a look. I mean, if you've got little plants or stacks of leaves or whatever, you might want to think about whether the big rainy season is coming in the next week or two. Make arrangements to have your gutters cleaned or have some sort of a leaf shedding uh, uh, topper on your gutter. Uh, it, it, it matters. Um, I'm not an advocate to have you go up on the roof and uh, potentially risk falling. It, it's not worth it. But make sure that the hat the top, the roof, the water shedding lid of your house is functioning correctly. Just, you know, anything wrong with the shingles, everything look okay, Eh, odd colors, whatever it is, chimney, dormers, places where siding might meet shingles, are there colors, you know, is there any green growing on it, is it blistered up, anything like that. Then down below the gutters, making sure that the debris in the gutters are clear, downspouts have to work because clean gutters, plugged up downspouts, you're not getting the net takeaway benefit of properly operating gutters. So when the water comes down the downspout, what happens when all that water in a rainstorm dumps out at the base of your foundation? Yeah, that's kind of like design failure. And we discuss that at Mosby Building Arts. That's kind of, is this system designed perfectly to bring the results it's getting? You know, when you have downspouts with splash blocks down at the bottom and not really any kind of extended pipe out away from the house, you're kind of asking for trouble. So uh, if you're a consumer and you're having an addition built or in our world architecture or a uh, St. Louis kitchen or something like that, maybe master bath, the hall bath, or whatever it is, have somebody take a look at those gutters and downspouts. That's important. Look around the windows, the doors. Make sure your locks operate freely. If you are escaping your home, say there's a fire or some problem, lightning strike, it happens. It's the weather season. And it's time for you to get out of your house quickly. Can you do that? Will the lock release? Does that deadbolt easily slip? Will the keeper on the door allow the door to open freely? Do your windows open? Same deal here. Sometimes you can't get out the door. So can you get out your windows. Do the windows open? Are the screens movable? Are the screens in good condition? All those sorts of things. I just want you to be aware of your surroundings because if you're not, Mother Nature has a way of reminding you and I why that's important. 314-436-7900, two hours today, 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I just have to tell you, I'm just thrilled to be here. I like this. This is a great gig. Folks, I get paid to talk. You believe that? What a gig. 
Love it here on KMOX. Thank you for joining me and inviting me into your home today. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, we are off and running. I'm so pleased to be here at the microphone. At the keyboard, I am your telephone operator. We're going to try and connect questions, answers, experience, and knowledge. Get it all to you into your life so that it really improves something in your world. Let's talk with Larry. Larry, good morning, my friend, and welcome to KMOX. How can I help? For taking my call. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a question about water heaters. What is a, and I don't have one, but what is the purpose of an expansion tank on a water heater? Um, think, uh, you know what a boiler is, Larry? Yeah. And a, a pressure cooker in cooking on a stove. If, if you heat up a pressure cooker and it does not have a pressure relief valve, it'll explode. If you have a boiler in a house and it does not have a pressure relief valve, it too will explode. Uh, You think about uh, all the steamships back in the last hundred years, you know, when they hit the cold water and the steel, they explode. So pressure is a big deal. Now, when you have it artificially created in a house, that water system, Larry, is a, a sealed um, kind of uh, captive material. When you have all the shutoffs and backflow preventers and things like that, um, if that water heater uh, runs away and um, malfunctions and creates too much heat, it also has a pressure relief valve. But short of that, it also has this expansion tank, which is like a shock absorber on a car. If it expands and uh, it gets a little bit too warm or something happens with the water service coming into the house, instead of pounding, rattling, or Uh, messing with your pipes inside the house, that shock absorber or expansion tank allows that uh, hot water increasing volume to just kind of compress an air bladder. And then once the pressure drops in the system, that air bladder in that expansion tank just gives it back. Uh, Its most notable benefit benefit is pipe hammer. Uh, You know what pipe hammer, pipe clank? um, Right. that this is basically a shock absorber for that. Okay. Uh, second question, is that pretty much mandatory whenever you're changing out your water heater now? Uh, it is in uh, St. Louis County, uh, and many of the codes are requiring that because there are different versions and different adoptions of the building code. So in certain jurisdictions, uh, some code enforcement and, uh, officials and, and city uh, folks say, you know, for safety reasons, we want those expansion tanks. And so then no matter who puts in that water heater, they have to install this expansion tank. Um, and it's good practice. It's, it's good form. It's kind of like the new technology, you know, that can help uh, protect or, or lengthen the life of our water system. And, you know, in, expa- you know, in, in, in expansion situations, y- they matter. Okay. Uh, last question. I'm, I'm assuming it goes on the water outlet side of the water heater. Yeah, the hot water side. Yeah, so if you put it on the cold water side, and you could, there could you could have two expansion um, tanks there if you wanted, but on the hot water side is primarily the one that matters. Okay, are they pretty pricey? 
Oh, I don't know. They add, you know, buying one out, you're $100, getting it installed. It takes, you know, the problem is when plumbers put in these expansion tanks, generally it's like a propane tank hanging on the pipe up above the water heater. And eight times out of 10, there's just not enough room up there. So they have to repipe a bunch of stuff. So oftentimes installing a water heater will be fairly affordable. But this expansion tank and repiping all, you know, 100 years of, you know, getting stuff out of the way, that's where the plumbers wind up having to spend a lot more time. They, you can spend more time putting in an expansion tank by repiping and getting all the pipes out of the way above that water heater. So that's why the range goes from, you know, quite inexpensive to, wow, that hurts, you know. Oh, gotcha. Okay, now once you buy one of those, uh, what's the life? I mean, do you have to replace that every time you get replace a water heater, or is it uh, pretty much longevity type of uh, equipment? Uh, really, when you change the water here, they get changed out. It's kind of like shock absorbers on cars, you know. Uh, they're they're designed to last, you know, forever, and, and most of them do now. But, you know, sometimes they wear out. Malfunction happens, so it's good form, and you'll find the better plumbers that just won't put an old expansion tank on a new water heater. Just, you know, it's it's kind of like changing three out of four tires and leaving one okay, because it's it's okay. You know, it, it, you're just yeah. not going to get the same balance and performance and you, you're banking on it. You can save money, no doubt about it, but you don't necessarily advance the lifespan. And then, you know, the issue is that what if that pressure uh, tank fails five years down the line? You just paid some plumber a bunch of money to put this water heater in. Oh, by the way, come on back here. Instead of saving 100 or $200 back then, I need another full service call, and it's going to be $700 to cut all this pipe, you know, and on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never cheaper than when you're getting the water heater in. So, you know, let them do their thing. Okay, thanks for the information, Scott. Yeah, Larry, those were great questions, by the way. The, uh, fab, really good questions. Everything a consumer should be thinking of. You know, what's in it for me? Why is this bogus? Do I need it? Uh, you know, what, you know. So uh, it, it's a great question, and outside of St. Louis County, they are not required. However, you will find that your better plumbers are going to offer you an expansion tank. All right. Thanks, Scott, for the help. I appreciate it. All right, Larry, thanks for the join. All right. Bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I, 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 love, I love to share these little things because any one of those questions or answers is not a big deal. But you put all five of those together, it, it gives you a highly winnable path for a consumer. And believe me, we're all buying water heaters. It's, sometimes it's a forced march and sometimes you just want a bigger water heater. Uh, let's move on see what's cooking here with Keith. Hey, Keith, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help you? Yes, sir. Um, thinking of putting a bathroom in downstairs, mm-hmm. and the location of the bathroom would encompass it. It would um, my fuse box would be in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody tells me that's a bad idea because of the moisture, and I was wondering if there's a way to protect that from the moisture. And also, I wanted to know your opinion of an up-flush toilet compared to the standard toilet. Okay. Uh, Number one, uh, you're getting good advice. Um, If you have a 120-volt outlet um, and it's in a wet bathroom, you have two or three of those maybe, you know, that's a limited amount of power. There's not a lot of amperage. But when you put 
a 100 or 200 amp breaker in a breaker panel and you subject maybe 20 breakers and all of this interworking stuff to excessive moisture, basically you're putting this thing outdoors, so to speak, if you're going to have showers and such. Um, I, I whole, for your survival, uh, whether fire from corrosive uh, elements inside your water uh, or inside your electric panel or for just, uh, you know, being in a bathroom with your hands inside a, you know, electric panel flipping breakers. I, I, I totally agree. And no, you can't. Um, no, you can't really drop that humidity down unless you run a dehumidifier in that bathroom all the time. However, when you go to sell your house, uh, the municipality or the county uh, will flag that and make you either move that electric panel or move or tear out that bathroom. It's just uh, that um, notable of a hazard. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's a... That's a big deal. Now, in terms of uh, where your bathroom is, how did you come to where you want this bathroom? How did you deduce that? By where the uh, standpipe is. Well, I wouldn't worry. Tap into. Yeah, Keith, don't worry about that, really, because uh, we at Mosby do this all the time. Uh, We will lay out a bathroom, uh, hopefully close to where that pipe is. But keep in mind, there are drain pipes underneath your floor pretty much all over your basement and where the bathroom wants to be for convenience is another thing but the most difficult thing putting in a bathroom is getting a vent pipe up through the roof uh and again if you don't do this this will be flagged when you sell the house they either you either have to put that vent pipe in at thousands of dollars of extra cost or tear out the bathroom so you know the most difficult thing to do. Water goes down; it's very obedient. Gravity's undefeated. So making water flow into a pipe and getting rid of the stuff under the floor is actually pretty easy. Getting a pipe woven through inside the walls without doing gross damage upstairs—that's how we primarily locate where the stack goes and where that bathroom is. So um, the easiest apparent path may be one of the more difficult slash expensive locations. Oh, okay. You know, so I can't, I can't tap into the existing standpipe. Uh, you will, but uh, the point is, is you still need an air pipe that goes out through the roof, which means running a new pipe up, um, up to about head height upstairs in your bathroom or above any flow line or wet line in that main floor. Uh, yeah, it's a big deal. The 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 air pipe or vent is uh, rules the roost. It's, okay. it, it seems like it's how, how dumb and simple that is, and oh my gosh, all the water needs to go down. Well, in, in real practice, uh, it's not a remodeling. Your bathroom's not uh, terribly expensive, but fixing all the stuff, running a vent up through the roof, you know, you really have to be judicious in how you control those costs. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, thank you very much. Yeah, sounds so like I, I rained uh, on your parade, brother. Yeah, and uh, so an up-flush toilet wouldn't solve oh. none of that, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of an up-flush toilet. If you're going to have a real bathroom where kids shower and, and it's really used, I would advise a real uh, toilet, uh, you know, traditional gravity drain P-trap toilet. Uh, uh-huh. If there's something that you have laundry room down there and you're just going to have it for occasional use, uh, the upflush toilet uh, can is acceptable. Um, okay. 
You know, we put them in where, you know, a couple ran out to the hot tub and they just came in and, you know, just needed to use the toilet every now and again. And, you know, so no uh-huh. no worries there. So okay. in its proper application, the upflush toilet is, is suitable. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. All right, Keith. Take care. Bye. And an upflush toilet, just to kind of uh, bring us all up to speed, keep us all on the same page, upflush toilet has kind of a tank, looks kind of like a toilet tank, only in plastic or composite form that sits behind the toilet. And the toilet actually drains into this box with a grinder pump that macerates or, you know, it's like a big garbage disposal, grinds up everything and then pumps it up through a small diameter, as in, you know, three quarters of an inch. Uh, pressurized upflow pump. And uh, so it is a um, a lift station, if you will, or lift uh, pump um, or sewer grinder, as many of you know it. But it's a mini version of that for one appliance or two. So you can have a lavatory sink there and a toilet all goes into that upflush toilet. Kind of a slick application, but not everybody has them. We're in the Midwest. We like stuff that's gravity-reliable, so, you know, when you go to sell the house, the upflush toilet, you, you really need a pretty enlightened home inspector to realize what they're looking for. Home Improvement, Camo X, Scott Mosby at your service, 50,000 watts. So glad to be here. Thank you. Winterfest at the Arch is back this year in the beautiful new Keener Plaza. You'll find an ice skating rink, a live blues watch party, winter market, free hockey clinics, and more. You can even rent the rink out for your own private party. So join Gateway Arch Park Foundation and the St. Louis Blues at Winterfest at the Arch. The ice rink is open starting November 18th through January 1st. To get in on all the winter fun, check archwinterfest.com for skate times and events. That's archwinterfest.com. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, just to let you know that uh, what's going on around the country in terms of catching the bad guys, uh, there are Kansas roofers who have received a lifetime ban from the industry. Uh, It looks like a roofer. This guy's actually a crook. There's There's several of them. A fellow named John Shively took money, never did the job, never came back. J&S Construction, J&R Remodeling in the state of Kansas. County judge approved the consent decree, told him to pay. $1,125 back to one particular customer, $10,000 penalty, and that he never do business in the state again. Interesting. So the industry does, uh, you know, really the attorney general uh, here locally, the Better Business Bureau, very much involved in this sort of thing. Uh, But I I want you to know that, and it takes time. So in the time that it takes for some authority to find a bad guy, and then start watching them, they burn a lot of people. So beware. Uh, Any questions, uh, check BBB.org. That's BBB.org. And, you know, check on the status of virtually even a charity, but any company in your area. Let's see what's cooking here and talk with Gary. Hey, Gary, good morning. Welcome to Kim Wicks. How can I help, sir? Yes, good windy morning. Wow. Uh, Yes, uh, Scott, I... uh wanted to ask you about a garage foundation. A few years ago, a friend of mine that knows construction uh, helped me uh, auger out uh, three sides of my old garage uh, and pour in a, a uh, concrete footing uh, per local specifications and code. Uh, 
but I didn't tore the third side. I actually extended the footing out four foot uh, on the side where the doors are in order to build out a little bit on the front of the garage uh, in the near future. But uh, I have a west side uh, wall that is basically just sitting on a couple of large railroad ties right now. And I wondered if it would be possible for me to do it yourself with the help of a couple other fellows to actually use concrete block uh, to fill in that third side of the foundation. You know how all a lot of these old garages around the city and even in the Metro East, uh, you know, have really no foundation under them. Right, right. Uh, uh, and also, too, uh, in regard to running electrical out to a garage like that, uh, uh, I imagine the city certainly has certain electrical uh, connection requirements, but can you typically run that off of your existing panel in the house, or do you have to actually uh, uh, have a separate panel out in the garage? Uh, no, the typically a couple of questions buried in there, Gary. Number one, as it relates to the third side footing or the garage door, I'm assuming, uh, opening area. Uh, no, the- it's, it's actually the left side of the garage, not the garage side door area. Okay, well, you can uh, dig down. Uh, pour a footing and stack up, uh, you know, concrete block, you know, either pour a new foundation, but typically you're better off uh, stacking up concrete block, laying up, uh, you know, cement uh, blocks, uh, yes. CMU as we call them in the biz. Uh, and then as you get that up underneath the concrete slab, you will need to grout that with an expansion grout because what you need, you're, you're going to fail that slab by undercutting and taking all of the fill out from underneath it in order to get this footing in, which is, uh-huh. which is why one way is you can also form the concrete form on the outside and literally pour that whole void up uh, on top of the footing. Uh, you, you follow what I mean? So you're going it, to, it's going to be concrete expensive, but you will fill that void as you pour that slab, strip the forms uh-huh. or on top of that concrete block, put in an expansion grout, which is like a cement material. Some shrink, most shrink when they cure. This stuff expands, and then it puts an uplift on the slab, which is really what you want underneath that footing. Oh, I see. You see what Uh I mean there? And then as far as the electric, Gary, uh, typically you want that coming off of the house main panel so that Mm -hmm. when if there's a fire or an occurrence or a problem, the firefighters, the first thing they do is kill that main or pull that first of um, uh, electric uh, meter so that they're sure that no matter who's bad wiring, um, you know, non-permitted stuff, can't kill their firefighters, you know, before they start blowing water on a house, some, they'll, they'll kill the electric. Right. And, and so that's right. why they want it. You can have a separate service out to the garage. Uh, Amarin really doesn't want it because it's a whole lot of effort for not a whole lot of electric use. So you have a minimum electric uh, bill that you will pay. Whereas if you just tag it off your main panel inside the house, You'll have to trench and conduit and connect it. Usually a 60-amp sub-panel. By the time you go through all that labor effort, you might as well run 60 amps out there enough to run a few outlets, some lights and floodlight. You know, I mean, if you're going to make the labor effort, you know, the wire and the conduit's kind of, you know, peripheral. Uh So, yeah, the answer is yes, bring it off your main panel. Uh, Usually... Uh, it could be as little as a 30-amp um, service on that, but typically it's 60-amp or bigger, depending on how much juice you have, and uh, usually off the main one there. I see. Okay. 
Well, I appreciate it, Scott. You have a great day and a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too, sir. Thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, KMOX, phone lines open, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Scott Mosby here. We are off and running. Let's see what's cooking with Anita. Hello, Anita. Good morning, Dower One of KMOX. How can I help? Uh, good morning. Um, I, I got a basement door, but it just worries me. I always keep thinking somebody could kick it in or break the glass and get in. And I I kind of, there's, there's different doors. I forget. I cannot think of the name, what they call that door. And I wanted to have that done to my basement door. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, just a swing, normal hinge door, traditional type? It's on the, my basement. Yes. It's just a regular basement door, yeah. Go down the steps, turn yeah. right, and then turn left into yeah. the door. Uh, Anita, if you're losing sleep over it, do something. <laughs> That's rule yeah. number one. Well, I have been thinking of this so long, I've been wanting to call you, because I tried everything else, and I uh, was told by somebody who had somebody do it to them, and it looks real nice. But when it got to me, somehow or other, he didn't feel in the mood, I don't guess, of doing anymore. So I thought, I got to get somebody else now. Yeah, well, some of these doors are odd sizes, so you can't buy a, a pre-made door. Sometimes you have to cut down these doors, which means you're using wood or, or custom-made metal door. So that's why some of these basement door applications get kind of weird, because you wind up with a custom product instead of just going buying a standard product, which costs less. So that what do they call those doors now? I can't think. Well, it's just a traditional security door, um, and it would have you know the absence of glass on one of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now the next thing you can do here, uh, Anita, to get this thing going, you can actually have something uh, very inexpensively done. For example, you can put a wood panel over the glass on the inside of the door, and then put a uh, crossbar, if you will, just like a barn door two by four, if you will. So you can make that door far more secure for very little money. It'll still be as ugly as it ever was. The only way really to do that is to replace the door to make it look better and more secure. And all you have to do is make it secure enough that they quit messing with your house and they go next door. Yeah, well, that's what I really would like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this hair woman, she, she they covered her whole door. I don't know, with some kind of metal or something yeah. off from top to bottom. That's the way he, hers was done. Yeah, there's uh, there are all kinds of materials like that can be, you know, pretty much put over the outside or the inside, uh, your choice. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would like to have somebody do that night because I don't know <laughs> of okay. anybody. Well, Anita, you're welcome to call our company. We'll let you know, you know, what it needs to be done on that or what your options are, or we'll find somebody that can uh, help you on that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What, what is your number? Uh, our office number is 314-909-1800. Yes, ma'am. Nine zero. What else? Nine zero nine nine zero nine one eight nine zero zero nine zero nine oh nine zero nine. There you go. Okay. Nine zero nine eighteen hundred one eight zero zero. And what is the last number? Four numbers. Uh, one eight one eight zero zero one eight what 
zero zero. Oh, okay. So you have nine oh nine eighteen hundred. Yeah, I always have to take the phone away from my ear when I'm writing because I have to hold a piece of paper that I had to write it on. Understood. Anita, thanks for the call. Okay. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. I feel like saying thanks, Mom. Wow. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, welcome back. We're wrapping up Hour 1. Brian Kelly has come into the newsroom with a very important update on our weather. If you haven't noticed, you know, all that rapidly changing stuff outside. Brian, what's cooking? Well, it's cooking down south. Uh, Chester right now is under a severe thunderstorm warning in Randolph County. Quarter-sized hail, 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts down there. That storm in the Chester area heading towards Shiloh Hill, and that has moved the severe thunderstorm warning into southeastern Washington County until 1215. Randolph County, you should be clear here in about five minutes, but then southeast Washington County, your warning will remain in effect until about 1215. And to the south, we have some counties that are involved in a severe thunderstorm watch, including Mm -hmm. Randolph and some others, and also on the Missouri side, uh, St. Francis County, Cape Girardeau County, to the south, that severe thunderstorm watch remains in effect until 6 o'clock this evening. So wow. some pretty heavy storms moving through as the temperature drops from near 70 all the way down into the 40s now. Yeah, and with it comes all kinds of rapid changes. Certainly does. Brian, will you keep us updated throughout I, the day? I promise. There you go. Our live, real-life newsroom, Brian Kelly, experienced at your service and, better yet, on guard for you right here on KMOX. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. All right, folks, we can go right back to the phone lines and see what's cooking here. There are so many things happening. We've got one more hour coming up, the Home Improvement Show. One o'clock brings uh, Rick Edelman up next. So not right now, let's see what's cooking with Rick. Hey, Rick, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, sir? Hey, Scott. Uh, my kids are looking at a house in West County about... Uh, 3,000 square feet was built in the 70s, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to put a bid in it for but They'd like to know if you guys would do an estimate and do the work. Uh, there's three main areas, uh, the pool and the patio, mm-hmm. uh, in- interior painting, moving a few uh, minor wall changes, and hardwood floors. They would like to get an estimate quickly so that they uh, would know what to bid, and then uh, find out if you would do that work. Oh, sure, Rick. As a matter of fact, um, uh, home, we oftentimes will accompany the home inspector. So we, we inspect a home very similar to how a home inspector does, but we report different things. We're looking for the money pit. We're looking for the uh, deficiencies, but the home inspector will report all that in a real estate way. We love to go along with the home inspector whenever possible because now we've got two sets of eyes, but we look at it from a different point of view. Is this load-bearing wall? You know, what kind of plumbing and heating and cooling ductworks inside the wall? That, needs to come out, uh, how damaged or out of date might the electric system and service be. So frankly, Rick, we would rather be called before they buy the house than after they buy the house. Once they buy the house, it's all you're stuck. And it's, you know, now you've got to deal with the non-information. We do this stuff all the time. So we would much rather be called quickly uh, to come out and help somebody, you know, assess their house really from a, can I make it what I want it to be standpoint where, 
you know, the ASHI home inspector is going to look at it as, of, you know, what deficiencies exist right now and what has to be addressed. So, yeah, you betcha. We love it. Yeah, uh, but they need, uh, they need to make a bid before the home inspection. Right. And uh, they want to know uh, how much it's going to cost them before they put the bid in. So is there any way to do that? Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be ranges. So, you know, we aren't going to have a hard number. But we've been doing this stuff for 70 years, Rick. So we're going to give you ranges up front and say, well, that particular thing might be eight to 12,000. This might be 40 to seven, you know, whatever it is. But we're very comfortable, uh, you know, person to person discussing it, finding out what they want, because oftentimes what they're trying to achieve might cost a gazillion bucks. But something very similar, just a little different, might be half that price. So... Yeah. So who would we call at your office to uh, to get that uh, estimate? Uh, just call the main number. We do this all the time. It's 314-909-1800 and just explain uh, our conversation. Uh, I, I come out of the home inspection industry, as did my dad. He was one of the founding members of this. So you're really looking at a house in terms of what it is now, uh, what it can be, and what it will likely never be. You know, oftentimes we will deliver bad news and say, yeah, you can do that on this house, but you might do better off buying something that already has a little more. So I'm not going to guarantee a favorable thumbs up <laughs> uh, Thanks, con- conversation. Okay, Rick, take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, home improvement, I, I love it, and that's part of the deal. Uh, oftentimes, I'm the one that gets the call because, uh, you know, I don't know, I, I enjoy it. It's a it's a bit of an extension of the KMOX uh, world. We've been doing that service for probably 20 or 30 years, uh, helping people. What we look at it is uh, assessing a home from a remodeling standpoint. Can it be? Will it be? Uh, is it an affordable thing? I mean, you can do anything with enough money, but every neighborhood doesn't allow that amount of investment. So keep that in mind. Anyway, stay tuned. Hour 2, Home Improvement, KMOX. Uh, thank you for joining me here. I love doing this and very pleased to be part of your Saturdays here on KMOX. Your home for Chiefs football. KMOX, KMOX HD, St. Louis. 102.5 KEZK, HD3, St. Louis.